hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. We're going to finish off our series on Do You Hear What I Hear? I am, I'm, I'm serious, folks. I have a video, right, Josh? Of, no, I don't. I, have, I had a video for you. It was Martina McBride to sing the last of the song. And we had technical issues. And guess what we don't have? We don't have the video. So it's, it's a comedy because now God is saying, John, you need to sing it again. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> Said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. Listen to what I say. The child, the child, sleeping in the night, he will bring us goodness and light. He will bring us goodness and light. Amen. Don't expect this every Christmas. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, when I was uh, younger and I was working in the largest uh, mall in the world, West Edmonton Mall in Canada, we had one phase, two phase, three phases. We had a water park. We had, it was one of the biggest malls. And, and I only lived a few blocks away from the mall. And so it makes sense that I, was, uh, I had all my jobs as a teenager in this mall. I remember one time, no joke, I was working in a suit store, high fashion men's, and I was wearing dress pants all the time and, and shirts. And right across the, the, the mall was uh, this other store. So mine was like, um, not high end, it's medium end. You know, like, I, it's for the average blue collar guy going, I got a wedding, I need a whole suit thing. And be like, okay, come on. And we had a deal where it's uh, jacket, pants, shirt, tie, everything. And for those guys, they just love that. One stop shop. But right across the mall was Harry Rosen. Harry Rosen was uh, the high end. They had Hugo Boss and Polo and, and uh, Prada and all these guys. So I, I, it's not that I longed to work at that shop, but those guys over there looked really nice, real nice. <laughs> so this guy comes, and I saw him. You, you know the guy that I'm talking about, right? He's, uh, he's got the leather chaps over the jeans, right? Uh, chaps. Uh, do you know what I mean by chaps? Okay. So bi for biking, for he's, a, he's got a motorbike, he's, he has a mustache, very similar to Graham Fowler's, but instead it went up, it went down, handlebar mustache. He had, he had the, the leathers and he had a helmet, and he walks in, ching, 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 into Harry Rosen. So he does a little bit of a circuit inside Harry Rosen, and he's just shaking his head, and he just comes in straight into my store. And I'm like, hey, sir, how you doing? How, what can I do for you? He's like, uh, well, I was just over there, and I guess they don't like money. I need a suit, like, right away. What can you do for me? I said, uh, well, what's your timeline? He was like, well, I just rode in. I have meetings tomorrow here in this mall uh, with executives, and I'm staying at the Fanny Land Hotel. But I need, a, I need a suit. I need the whole thing. So 
adorn me, get it going. So I'm like, okay, uh, black with a white shirt with a dark tie, I don't care. So boom, 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 and he goes, oh, we have a two for one deal. I, he's like, I don't care. So I get him two suits, over $500. Easily, like, that back then, $500 was a lot of money, but, but it was interesting how the guys at Harry Rosen saw him as a threat. They saw this rag, tag, leather, dirty, probably smells like um, fuel because he just came from the road. And they didn't give him a single second of their attention. When I came in, I didn't see the outside of appearance. I just saw a guy and I said, what do you need? He goes, I need a suit. Pulls out um, the American Express Emerald card. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. They're a green card, and this, their, their limit is something like $150,000 to $250,000. He goes, uh, it puts it down, I'm like, holy mackerel. I'm like, I've never seen that before. I'm like, can I take a picture? No, I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> you could buy like a small house with that card, sir. And, and, but the guys at Harry Rosen missed it. They missed it. They just saw the biker thinking that he was going to steal from their store. He comes in, and he, this guy could buy my store. And that's where we are caught in the text today. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to have it up on the screen. Do we have it? Maybe? Pray. No, no. So it's, hey, low tech. Go to your actual Bibles. That's the paper thing with, wrapped in leather. Okay. So Luke is in the New Testament. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke. Chapter 2. Big 2, little 8. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel from the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David our Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped. And I know some of you guys took pictures of me last week standing here with the plastic baby Jesus. But you'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on the earth, peace among those with whom he is blessed. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Notice the shepherds say, they immediately attribute it to some, not some deity or some angelic kind of supernatural force. They immediately recognize it's the Lord. And they went with haste, Allah, I love that word, with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they have heard and seen as it had been told to them. Amen. See, these were 
Context plus content equals meaning. Context is 100. This is where you're going to have to take some notes. See, these are special shepherds because they were in the proximity of Bethlehem. So all their sheep, all their little lambs were temple lambs. They were only to be used in the temple. So these, they are curating the best of the best sheep. These were special flocks that would be sacrificed in the, in the temple. How fitting was it that the Lamb of God was, create, was born in Bethlehem and the very shepherds that took care of lambs for sacrifice were the ones that were connected with, communicated by angels. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you something. Shepherds have... We have, the, we have the wrong idea about shepherds. We have the wrong idea. Because I think North American or even Kiwi shepherds, they're really good blokes. They're really nice guys. Some of you even have had experience working with, with lambs and sheep over the, over the years when you were a kid. But back then, they had a bad rap. See, shepherds' character back then, they were the lowest class and the lowest caste of society. Did you know that? They were looked down upon, literally despised and mistrusted. They were, shepherds were known to be crafty, hustlers. They were dishonest. They were noted to rob you blind if you gave them the chance. It got so bad historically that they were never allowed to give testimony in legal proceedings. Like if they were like, oh, we'd like to bring the shepherd uh, John up to the sand, they're like, no, 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 not him. Don't even, don't, don't come up, nope. It was prejudice. It's like you could have been a really good shepherd. No, but let's be honest, you're, with, you're part of those people. Most people would assume that they would automatically lie and cheat. Financially and socially, shepherds had nothing. They literally had just the clothing on their backs. They had no fixed address. They're functionally homeless, but they had some kind of work. Their work was their home. Shepherd's work was actually lower than manual work. So if you were a mason or a builder or a carpenter or a plumber or a candlestick maker, whatever it was, shepherds were lower than you. Because they couldn't trust a shepherd to do the work. All you have to do is look after the sheep. Isn't it interesting that when even Jesus talks about you know, the hired hands, the, the hirelings versus the one that comes and will fight off bears and wolves for, 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 against these, the people that will try to attack the sheep. These guys, as soon as they saw risk and danger, they bolted. They're like, I'm not dying for this. This is the lowest paying job on the planet. I'm out. Let, decimate the flock. I'll just go get another job in Judea. They didn't give Mary and Joseph any gifts. The three kings did. Frankincense, myrrh, gold. It's not because they didn't want to. They had nothing. <laughs> they have nothing to give. Their education, shepherds stuck to each other. They formed their own ragtag, motley crew of family. A group of outcasts. Is this sounding familiar? Is this kind of 
connecting with you a bit. Don't nod your head, but just go, uh uh-huh. Shepherds had little to no education, have no understanding of science or philosophy or the ability to even read the Hebrew scriptures. Somehow, miraculously, they recognized the angelic, supernatural thing that happened in front of them as something from the Lord, from Yahweh. But in contrast, the three magi were learned, logical, well-versed in all scriptures, Persian and Hebrew. But the shepherds were, because of their education and illiteracy, were very superstitious. They believed in the magical and the supernatural. So it makes a lot of sense that there's an angelic host declaring and proclaiming marching orders for shepherds. It makes sense for them. For the magi, it was a star. It was looking up at the constellations. The meaning. Like the carol says, said the king to the people everywhere, listen to what I say. Pray for peace, people everywhere. The child sleeping in the night. See, we see the proclamation happening with the shepherds. And when they saw, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So they went out immediately and started telling everyone about what they heard from the angels. Well, wait a second, that's social suicide. You don't do that. You are the lowest of the low. You're not supposed to, you you have no relational equity built with anyone. And here they go, running into a community in the night, telling people about what the Lord had told them. You can imagine the reception, banging on the door. Hey, I need to tell you something. Get away, shepherd. Stop stealing. I'll call the cops. See, the shepherds were hustlers. See, the very thing that God knew that they were known for, God redeems. God knew that they were, they were you know what I mean by hustle? They know how to hustle. They not, oh, we call it the woo factor. They were great wooers. So God says, you know what we're going to do? You're going to use your woo factor for Jesus. So now they're wooing all over the place going up to people and saying, hey, I heard about Jesus. I heard about this guy, this Christ child. We've seen him. We've seen him. It's amazing. They know how to spin a story. Let me tell you about a story. Yeah, I have a cup of tea. Here's what I, when I was, and they know how to do it. They They know the hustle. They would for hours sit in front of the fire telling stories. So they were naturally what? Gifted storytellers. So out of all of the known world, Who's the best proclamation people? Shepherds. The shepherds are the key, the absolutely best people that the angel could speak and to activate. I think some people in Christendom and people that are theologically minded go, I don't like that. I don't like that the the lowly, degenerate men that were known to lie, steal, and, and, and be hustlers and, or conmen. I don't like the fact that they get this amazing deployment, this amazing mandate. It should be the magi. It should be more theologically minded people, more people that are righteous. Oh, if when Jesus, when he gets a little older from being a baby, you'll hear his words talk about righteousness. And he even goes to those same righteous people 
those Pharisees and says, oh, you brood of vipers. Oh, you whitewashed tombs where you look like you're righteous on the outside, but you're just dead inside. And here's the shepherd. Reminds me of the woman that has just a, a couple of coins to go to, the, to, to make her offering and she just gives it. Meanwhile, there's someone right beside her giving out of their excess, out of what they have in interest and making a big show about how much he's giving and fasting. Meanwhile, there's this one woman, this older woman that's on the margins of society, on the margins of, 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 of her economy, going with just her one or two copper coins and saying, this is all I got. I'm going to give this. And this alone, this is, this is the end. I don't know. I'm going to trust in you because you are my God. Because I know what Scripture said, when you, are, you say that I am, I am your God. And I would say, because the word that I heard this morning is that, because you are worth it. You are worth it. See, the shepherds are natural storytellers. They would have known how to tell the story, the news report of what had happened to others, to get them activated to the place of wonderment. That's my job. That's our worship team's job, isn't it? To activate our wonderment of Christmas. Because like, I think Stu, you were praying too, like almost like when you drive around and, and just people, you almost people, they don't really, are, they're not really in Christmas yet. They're still kinda, it just hasn't really formulated, hasn't really landed yet. Our job on Sunday morning is to activate you for the wonderment of Jesus Christ at Christmas. Do you believe that? Are you activated? Because that's what I'm as a shepherd right now doing. I'm wooing you. I'm trying to activate you going, do you remember the reason for the season? It's not the PS5. It's Jesus. See, God redeems their character in the story of the advent of Christ. God uses the very people that are the lowest and elevates them to the highest place. To be the first to gaze upon the Savior of the world. So Josh and I have a friend that comes by the office sometimes. And we'll just call him Z for short. Z comes in. Z has some intellectual and some uh, some, some slowness in his life. He, I think he may have had a brain injury at one point. I don't know. But he comes in, and he, uh, he's also got a, a wayward eye. And I, I always have to make sure I look at the left eye. Look at, talk to Z. He always comes in apologizing. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor John, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just need a couple of coins for some KFC. I'm like, okay. Or, oh, sorry, sorry, pastor. I just, uh, I just need a couple of coins for a bus pass. Okay. One time he came in and he's like, John, I just need some coins to get some, some, a pig bag. I said, a what now? A pig bag. So I said, well, you know what? Let, I, got a, I got a couple minutes. Let's go to Pack and Save and discover what this pig bag is about. So I'm walking in Pack and Save with Z. And I said, Z, what do you need for your mom and your dad and you? And it's just like, uh, he goes, well, I need some laundry soap. I said, okay, so laundry soap. And uh, how about some, uh, 
have some mince pies. You know, you're kiwi, right? You like your pies? Oh, yeah, Pastor John. I love, I love the pies. And he goes over to the hot pies. I said, well, you know, Z, why don't we get a whole six-pack of them so you and your family can eat? Oh, Pastor John, do you think it's okay? I said, it's okay. So we go around. He only wanted a couple of coins for some pig bags. I still don't know what a pig bag is. I said, so where do you think we could find the pig bag? Like, is it like, do you cook in it? And he looked at me and said, no. I said, okay. It's like charades, right? With Kiwi accents. So I'm like, okay. So um, you can't cook in it. He's like, and then I remember someone saying this to me. And I said, oh, are you saying a peg bag? Is it yeast? I said, yes. Okay. You want laundry pegs and a bag. Ah. So we found some laundry pegs, not pigs. I'm like, that's why he's like, I don't know what you were talking about cooking with it. I said, okay, that's, that's on me. But here's the thing. He, I, I, every time he comes over, I have to say, stop apologizing. So I invited him to church. It's not here. That's okay. We're going to pray for Z. And he said, invite your family for Christmas Eve. I'd love to see your mom and dad. Okay, Pastor. But then he says this. Yeah, I'm trying to get my life kind of better, and then when I get it better, I can come to church. It's like me saying to those shepherds, look, can you get cleaned up a bit? And then you can come and see Jesus. And Jesus, meanwhile, if he was older, he would say, I didn't say that. He's not saying that. He was, if Jesus was here, he'd look at Z going, come on in. Because we're a welcoming, passionate followers of Jesus. And it doesn't matter if you smell the high heaven, you got dirt all over your face, you've been tending lambs for weeks on end. For Jesus, he doesn't care. But somehow, we in the church do. So the other two is the, the shepherd's gifts. God uses what they had. They had no gifts, but they had what they were, their identity. God uses their networks and their groups to hear about the Christ child. See, the thing is with those guys, they were storytellers. They were hustlers. They knew the people, the networks of who to talk to to get a little bit of food. They knew how to talk to get a little bit of drink. They knew how to... So what they did is God said, okay, now go and tell about this Christ child. Where did they go? To their networks. And all the people... So I believe that most of the blue-collar, no-collar folk heard about Jesus first. Because that was the shepherd's network. And that's our Jesus. He makes himself known to who? Everyone. Rich, poor, man, woman, Greek, Jew, didn't matter. His advent to this world is actually first and foremost to the vulnerable and the despised, the downtrodden and the marginalized. Amen? God uses them first as the first missionaries of the gospel. And if you guys remember what the gospel means, it is just the good news of Jesus Christ. So if someone says, uh, who's the first missionaries? 
The shepherds in the Advent story were the first missionaries of the good news of Jesus Christ. And if they could do it, what's my excuse? That's the ring, sing, and sting. That stings me. Oh, ouch. How about you? Have you thought about your status? Could God use you to tell others about Jesus? See, for me, when I got saved in 1995, I was working at a, a Christian youth camp. And we, um, almost within a few weeks of getting saved, this guy came up to me, our director, and he said, would you uh, care to give us a devotional for our staff chapel? And I, I, I didn't know what that meant. I was like, uh, uh, so I started to listen to and read other people. So I was listening to uh, Max Lucado. I don't know if you know Max Lucado. He's a great kind of inspirational reader. Ch- Chuck Swindoll. So I started reading these um, two American guys, uh, listening to them. And so I remember going up to the pulpit at the chapel, and I started to deliver my first little thing, my devotionette or whatever you want to call it, sermonette. And uh, I sounded very much like one of these American uh, inspirational speakers. And then um, <laughs> my boss came up to me and said, listen, man, if I wanted to hear Chuck Swindoll or to Mexicana, I would have brought them here. I wanted to hear you speak with all your quirks and humor and your, your mistakes and it's not clean, man. You're not a clean, like, you're like a jagged edge sometimes. He goes, but I want that because I think that's what our people need. So my skills of storytelling, and he used them for the church. And by the grace of God, I'm still doing it. I think you guys like my stories. The shared experience with the Magi, shepherds with little to no knowledge of the Hebrew scriptures and science and astronomy and astrology, compared to these Magi that were learned, well-read, well-versed in different languages and cultures. See, God uses these shepherds. God sends an angel to display supernatural power. Why? Why? That fits their learning and their life. They knew without a shadow of doubt that it was Yahweh. So I'm telling you folks, when God speaks to you, he will do it in such a way that you will know without a shadow of doubt, it is God. So he speaks in Japanese. It makes so much sense that he was speaking Japanese. Why in the world would an English word from God come to a Japanese couple of ministry? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I remember saying to one of, the, one of our staff, she was Tahitian, and she had wrestling with English, and I just said to her, her name was Maeva, I said, Maeva, just pray in Tahitian. And her life just went, she looked up, and she was sort of speaking in Tahitian, a beautiful language, but she went off. See, God is going to speak to you in the way that you'll know it's him. So if you're out, I remember when we lived in Maui, we're, we did a lot of board meetings, if you know what I mean. A lot of board meetings, a lot of surfing. I remember talking to this one guy who was a missionary. I said, where does God speak the most? He goes, it's when I'm on my board. And when I'm waiting for that wave and I'm just, I'm, I'm just saddled in my board and I could be just the only one out there. But God just downloads stuff to me because I'm in my peaceful space. I'm in my quiet place. I'm in my safe harbor. He goes, you guys might hear a word like, 
you know, in chapel, but I have to get out. I got to get wet. I got to get on my board. And I said, amen to that. Because that's exactly how God spoke to the shepherds. Why in the world would this surfer guy that loves Jesus hear words only in chapel? Baloney, get out on the surf, man. Hear God. But then make sure you come back to the church and tell us what is the word. What is the word? See, God still speaks. And some people say, oh, wait a second. When I do the Holy Trinity, it's Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Is that right? Jesse's like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I know of traditions where they say it's Holy Son and Holy Bible because after Acts 28, we're kind of done, right? We saw the Spirit move. Really great stuff. Look into it. Acts and denominations and churches have said, look, we, don't, we can't control the spirit part, so let's just really be Bible-focused. So it's Holy Spirit, Holy Bible. It's safe. Oh, but is that what this church does? No way, Jose. It's Holy Son, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Does God still speak today? Absolutely. And if he, you haven't heard the Lord, please come see me. Please talk to one of our staff because we want to see that activated in the name of Jesus for 2021. Amen? Amen? Anyone for that? Wouldn't that be great that 2021 would be the year where you started to hear God like never before? Being on a surfboard, building a house, digging a pit, doing crafts, doing sewing, playing a game, coding, being in chapel, being at a, at a youth service, whatever it is, God wants to speak to you today. God's, God wants to. He says, why? Here's, it wraps it back full circle. You're worth it. He doesn't look at you as junk. Let me tell you right now. God doesn't make junk. Like, maybe you've heard that. You were unwanted. Maybe you, someone said you were never wanted. You were, you, were in a, you were supposed to be boarded or whatever it was. I'm telling you right now. Shake your head for a second. You're worth it. And God wants to speak to you. God uses the shepherds, lowly, lower caste, no English, no Hebrew, no absolutely illiterate, functionally just homeless. If God supernaturally uses them, then who are you? You have no excuse. I have no excuse. And God will uniquely speak to you today. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.